Hello and welcome to uh, the uh, 23rd episode of Mega Ten Marathon. Uh, it's a game by game journey through the uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. I'm Paul M. Davis, and who am I here with? Uh, hi, I'm Alex Dorado Wolf. Awesome. Welcome back, Alex. Pleasure to be here. Um. Yeah, so we've got a lot of uh, lot to cover in this episode, a lot of uh, exposition to cover. So, for people who are just kind of barely keeping track, we are about to do uh, October, going into November of Persona Five. Yep, this is the part where the plot happens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we we should talk about this later. But like, as I think about this, like the idea of say inter- interrogating um, Joker is like a good framing mechanism, but it's not well. Yeah, it's it's not very effective in actual in the way it plays out. No. Like I, I really enjoyed it as a framing mechanism, but when you actually get to the interrogation, it kind of really falls apart. Mm-hmm. And then you think about like how much we've seen of this uh, interrogation already, and um, it has to be a really long interrogation. Yeah, and they keep saying it has to be cut short. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> expressly for the reason that, well, we can't let him, you know, use his mysterious powers on her. (laughs) So we need to make sure that she only talks to him for a little bit. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So let's see, what happened in the last episode? Okay. uh, Oh, yeah, we we met Haru. We got in a fight with Morgana, um, who wasn't feeling like he was appreciated. Um... Haru's dad is was the head of Big Bang Burgers, um, and uh, we went into his palace where we discovered he was treating all of his employees like, you know, bo- like mindless drones, robots. Yeah, we changed his heart, and now we're just waiting for him to uh, go public. Yep. So, um, finally, after he sits in his house freaking out for however long it is between the deadline, between when you actually do the palace and the deadline, like usual, um, and, uh, finally he gets ready to make a big speech on TV. Indeed. And what does the team do? Uh, what would you do if one of your team members was, uh one of our, your team members' parents was going to admit their culpability in this grand conspiracy. Well, you, you'd rent Disneyland, obviously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they rent out Disneyland or Tokyo Disney, whatever the equivalent is. Yeah, I don't remember what they call it. It's like Tokyo Dream World. Destiny Land, yes. They, they really just, like, it is so just... Disneyland with the serial numbers filed off. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like they did like a find and replace in the script for Disney and just uh like 
Put in a, a, a word that sounds vaguely amusement parkish. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, it's got the big magic castle and everything, and, oh, everyone's having a grand old time. Totally. Um, my favorite bit there is uh, where Futaba expl- exclaims that we are the rulers of the kingdom of dreams. <laughs> Yeah, everybody is like riding kind of high um on uh their uh their fame and their uh you know, their power to uh take on the uh you know, corrupt and evil adults that are in their lives. Yeah, so everyone's having a great time and then they all get out their smartphones at eight o'clock to watch the broadcast. Mm-hmm. He's about to give his speech, uh, Harry's dad, reveal that he's culpable, partially culpable in the mental shutdowns, and then he has a mental shutdown himself. Yep. And, you know, his eyes go all white, and then blood starts streaming from his face, like, normal. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that is generally a pretty effective image when they use it. I, I like it. It is. It's really cool. Um, I think it's sort of more effective when they use it early on. Um, you know, like when the, uh, I think, what is it? It's the conductor or the uh, guy driving the like, yeah, yeah. subway um, has a mental shutdown. Yeah, it's quite effective. Yeah. Um, Which we don't really find out why a dude riding a, uh, driving a subway as a we do find that out eventually. Oh, do we? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the next uh, in the next month, there's um, there's a scene that explains it. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, it's for the reason you think. <laughs> um, indeed. Right. So, say starts looking, investigating uh, the death of Harrow's dad, and. Uh, Discovers that both he and the principal receive calling cards from uh, from Joker. Yeah, there's a there's a weird bit here actually where um before like uh, she finds the principal's the principal's calling card, she says, "Well, clearly we need to investigate the school," and I cannot figure out why she jumps to that conclusion. That's a really good question. I don't know why she does either. It's just like, well, obviously we need to send a bunch of cops to the school. Because the president of McDonald's died. Right. Well, was it because the principal also received a calling card? They didn't know about that. They found about oh, they right. found out about that afterwards. That's when they found out about the principal's calling card when they were investigating the school. You're right. You're right. So that's just a plot hole. Um, yeah. And, uh, of course, it's worth saying that uh, the Phantom Thieves did not send the principal a calling card because they were in Hawaii. Indeed. Um. Yeah, and then uh, coincidentally, Haru happens to be there when Sai discovers the uh, the calling card for the principal and reports that to the gang. Luckily, we don't get a whole thing where she's like, were you guys betraying me? What's <laughs> going on? And instead, they're just like, nope, nothing to do with that. And she's like, okay, good. Yeah, or an entire scene where it's like, they're just saying like, wait, we were in Hawaii when that happened. How did this happen? <laughs> Yeah, they they move along quite nicely here, and um, just over the next couple of days, uh, Makoto basically figures out that there is a conspiracy, and 
the last couple of um, things they've been involved with from like Medjed uh, and basically just Medjed and uh, Burger Guy were orchestrated by some outside thing. Indeed. And uh, so we're going to see what happens uh, when the cops come to the school. But first, we have midterms. Yep. And that is a test, like every test in a Persona game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, yeah, right after midterms, uh, Haru's confident link finally opens up. Um, her special ability is growing vegetables, which is basically the same as, like, the garden in uh, Persona 4 Golden. Yeah. Um, more useful in this game because uh, SP is such a precious resource. Yeah, and, absolutely. Unless you have the SP patches. Yep. Those things, man, they really just... <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been playing through New Game Plus, and having those things really makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's really... It's kind of crazy because the game, like... You know, I mean, I think to its credit, it doesn't require a lot of grinding and it doesn't, you know, it's like it hides, it it like gates the difficulty uh, behind like SP rather than HP, it seems like. Yeah, Persona 4 played with that a little bit, Mm -hmm. but this takes it uh, to the next kind of level. And I I actually think the SP thing is a very, was a good choice. Um it, you know, added more strategy to what is a generally pretty easy game because the first time I played through, I didn't use the SP patches because I didn't know they existed. So throughout the whole game, I was, like, you know, making sure to keep the uh, lowest level elemental attacks on my characters and mm-hmm. all that stuff to just um, really try to save as much SP as I could. Yeah, yeah, and definitely... Um... I mean, in one of the dungeons that's going to be coming up here, if you don't have an SP patch, you are... It's... It would be considerably more difficult, I imagine, without an SP patch. Yeah. These these later dungeons in general... I kind of managed it. What's that? I had enough items at that point that I kind of managed it. Right. uh, like, uh, if you buy those, uh, SP restoring sodas every week, that actually adds up. Mm, okay. Yeah. At this point, like at this point I did have the SP patches, so I was not like too dependent on it, but I definitely felt it earlier in the game that, um, there aren't nearly as many, like, at least easily accessible SP replenishing items as you will usually find in like a Persona or SNT game. Yeah. No, they they definitely wanted to limit it as a resource. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, but anyway, moving on. Uh, So then uh, Sai is officially put in charge of the Phantom Thieves investigation. Uh, Just to clarify, she was originally in charge of the mental shutdown case, but now the conspiracy people basically decide to put her in charge of the whole thing. And they make a point that she has, like, unlimited resources and all of that, which makes stuff that happens later make a little more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, though it's a, little, it's, it's a little weird in the sense where it's like, uh, let's put our most uh, principled and um, actually, like, uh, competent cop on the case that we're trying to um, yeah. cover up. No, it is kind of 
weird that they chose her in the first place instead of maybe someone who worked for them. Yeah. Though they do pull thing. We keep on. I mean, I keep on jumping ahead, but they do pull yeah, thing later yeah. where it's like, where it's like, there's like definitely they they pull the kind of like gender card on her. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's some um, kind of subtext through throughout this. They don't hammer that home as much as they might have. Mm-hmm. But it, they definitely do go there. So Sai is now in charge of the Phantom Thieves investigation. And because of her amazing hunch, I guess we could just say that, you know, that's that's what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, she has cops interview the entire student body. Yeah. And um, I, I actually quite like this little interview scene um, where the cops basically just... Uh, it's it's an interesting example of how the uh, the dialogue choices can change the con the, the tone of a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I played this through, um, it really came across as though Joker was just kind of uh, you know just being a total pro and pulling the wool over these guys' eyes. While the second time I played it through, I chose a different option, and it just looked like they were incompetent and didn't care. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, totally. So moving on, uh, then uh, because uh, the school is under such close scrutiny, uh, Makoto uh, says that everyone needs to act extra normal. So she gets them all involved in setting up the school festival. Absolutely. And um, their main task here is to count the ballots to see uh, who the student body wants as a speaker. Um, Weirdly, they feel the need to explain why they don't have a speaker scheduled yet by moving the date of the festival, like, due to the principal's death, um, to explain why they, they're doing it at the last minute. Um, and uh, the votes come in, and everyone wants a catchy. Yeah. Everybody everybody loves a catchy at this point. Yeah. Oh, and uh, a catchy has uh, m- now developed a new theory that uh, the Phantom Thieves are not responsible for Mr. Hamburger's death. <laughs> um and everyone seems really surprised by this new theory, even though his logic there totally makes sense. They've never killed anyone before. Why would they change his heart and then kill him? This doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Um, so then uh, Makoto gets the idea that, hey, you know, since Sai is just, like, totally not talking to her anymore, maybe they can use Akechi as a source of uh, intelligence on what the police is doing. Mm-hmm. Anymore yeah. about anything. Totally. And the other thing, I think we skipped it, but uh, something that happens before the festival, but is relevant uh, to, you know, all these plot points sort of like reaching ahead is that uh, Futaba uh, has figured out that the Medjed that was targeting the Phantom Thieves wasn't the actual real fake Medjed. <laughs> yeah, the way they explain this is this is a, a piece of just confusing translation where she says the medjed that she banned wasn't the real one she banned no one from anything that's not (laughs) what happened yeah i also like the fact that like you know a completely anonymous um online network of um you know 'er ne'er-do-wells like somehow there can be like a real anonymous network and a fake anonymous network yeah it's yeah, whatever. I, I, they needed to figure that out somehow. Yeah, totally. I'm okay with hacker magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so. It's also uh, 
just a, a running trend that we start to see here is that every piece, every plan that uh, the Phantom Thieves come up with at this point is basically just Makoto's idea. Mm-hmm. She just, everything that happens is just her plan. Um, I think this is maybe why, uh, I mean, at least I know I liked her a lot and a lot of other players did too. I think largely that's because she seems very competent and does things. Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess like it does play into her uh, confidant link uh, as it develops, uh, where uh, she's like, um, in a lot of ways, like probably the most, like, you know, one of the most competent members of your team and is also like, you know, she wants to become a cop just like her sister. Yeah, no, her, um, yeah, her character arc is done well in this game. Yeah. I really don't have any complaints about it. Mm-hmm. She grows as a person and learns things and is competent. Yeah, yeah. And her motivation is really clear, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, Sai really, really, uh, <laughs> treats her pretty awful, all things considered, but, you know, um... I think something that she has over some of her, uh, you know, like I see online, she gets like compared, compared to, uh, Mitsuru from Persona 3 a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, she is a motorcycle themed head of the student council president. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, she does have like a little more kind of emotional stakes. I feel like, um, yeah, the, the way I thought of her was kind of like, um, a second iteration of that character, but done on a much more uh, kind of human level. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm so cool. I got ice powers. I'm in charge of everything and know everything. Yeah, yeah. Mitsuru is definitely, like, falls into that kind of, like, you know, character trope that's popular in, like, anime and JRPGs where it's like, I am the best at everything, um, so therefore that is my character motivation because I am the best at everything. Yeah. I mean, she, she had a connection to the whole story in that game too. Cause she was like the daughter of that company that was somehow responsible for shadow stuff. Right. Although they didn't do as much with that as they could have, but this is the persona five thing. We, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody has, everybody has a, uh, dark background or yes. troubled background and no parents except um, haru what's that except haru yeah exactly haru and um it's right ryuji has his parents still i think that's about he has it. his mom yeah there's a thing about uh having a single mother and they never do anything with that right um okay uh yeah on to the festival i think uh, yeah, other than the fact that Akechi starts showing up at the cafe. Oh, yeah, Akechi starts showing up at the cafe. A uh, little thing I like about that is um, you can just come in and talk to him, and one of your dialogue options is just to tell him to please leave. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just do that repeatedly. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, in case you're wondering whether uh, Akechi has any uh, suspicions that you might be involved in the Phantom Thieves. <laughs> yeah, oh, um, then we do get a scene at some point, I forget where this was, where he talks about, um, 
how he he weirdly just confides in Joker about how, you know, he has a similar background where his mother killed herself because he was an illegitimate child and his father didn't want them and he was raised in an orphanage and that's why he seeks justice. True, true, which will become a, that's an important point. That is an important point. Um, I forgot to note down exactly when that happened, but it's before this. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and also when he shows up, uh, Shido, um, starts showing, uh, Shido shows up on the TV and. Oh yeah. This scene is amazing. Um, <laughs> because they're just, okay. Akechi and Joker just having a little conversation and then. The TV, which was on the whole time, just cuts in and they stop talking and Shido is giving a speech. And then all of the patrons in the cafe start saying stuff. Hold on, I have the lines written here um, because it's just kind of amazing. Um, Oh, yeah. That politician is honest and carries an overwhelming amount of charisma. Man, (laughs) that guy is admirable. That politician's really honorable. I like how quick he says he's going to do everything. It feels like a trustworthy leader has finally come forth. (laughs) And then I realized there's one guy in the cafe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is this is another thing. I you know, I this is definitely where I feel like um, even though this was very uh, directly based on um, Japanese politics. I think that especially when the game came out like a few a- few months after the presidential election it was impossible for like American users or uh, American players including myself to like look at this and like not you know draw parallels with uh, American politics. Yeah, it's, because it's, it seems like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's definitely there. Um oh um and Shido is uh that bald guy who showed up at the beginning of the game and was a jerk and was also clearly shown to be the guy who got Joker, like, convicted, uh, even though I think we're not supposed to know that. But it's really clear. Yeah, yeah, they treat that as a reveal later on, and it's kind of like, well, no shit. (laughs) No, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, maybe I was just being perceptive at first, but then when I uh, started the game again and looked out for it, no, you can just see him. Right. He's, that is, like, they, like, shadow him out a little bit, but, oh, I wonder how many other, like, bald guys with the little beard thing are... (laughs) Yeah, maybe they just figured that like people would have forgotten about him like 80, 80 hours later in the game. Yeah, that's uh, they they bank on you forgetting a lot of stuff. They do, they do. But not forgetting some things like a conversation about pancakes. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's the festival. It's time for the festival. Yep. Um. So then there's this pretty long scene on the first day of the festival where the gang is just hanging out trying to look normal um they go to the maid cafe set up by one of the classes um because maids are just a thing in this game um you know i i wouldn't have brought it up if it didn't come up in three separate places yeah but it does yeah <laughs> so okay mm-hmm. um and there's a little joke about uh, them making awful takoyaki and only having the Russian takoyaki left, uh, which is a Russian roulette joke, which they actually don't spell out, Which so it kind of worked for me. Right. 
um, in that one of the takoyaki is very spicy. And then Akechi shows up and he eats the spicy takoyaki. And it's so cute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so he shows up for the first day, but it's the second day that he's going to be speaking. Yep. Um, now, for some reason that I don't understand, uh, Makoto decides that the perfect time to gather intelligence from him is during his live interview in front of the student body. Indeed. Uh, and so she just, like, starts grilling him <laughs> in a pretty ridiculous way on stage in front of everyone. Which isn't suspicious at all. No. And she's like, I'm just interested in this. <laughs> uh, and so he plays nice for a while uh, before being like, okay, you know, actually, I think I do know who the Phantom Thieves are. Uh, so I'm just going to tell you. You want that, right? You want me to tell you who the Phantom Thieves are. Um, but then he gets a phone call right before he says it. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the phone call was a fake, and he's like, all right, get get the Phantom Thieves and have them meet me in the PE office. Yeah, and so he reveals everything that he believes he knows. He's got yep. photos of the gang escaping the metaverse. Yep, and this was foreshadowed uh, when they first uh, found Burger Man's palace uh, and they're entering it for the first time. Akechi just kind of walks into frame mm -hmm. as the screen is fading out. Um, so he's like, yep, uh, I have evidence. Uh, and uh, he followed them into the metaverse and... There he met the mysterious person in the black mask who tried to kill him, and then his persona awakened. Yep, he's, uh, he's got a persona now. Yep. And, um, he's also, uh, surprised to learn that they have a talking cat. Which, fair enough, like... Oh, yeah, that's very reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and he offers them a deal. He says, uh, either team up with him and catch the real bad guys or he's going to turn them in. And he tells them that they have to disband after they catch the real bad guys. Yep. Uh, so the gang takes some time to think about this. Um, then that evening, uh, you get invited to the festival by one of your friends. It's kind of like the date in Hawaii. Um, who did you go with, uh, on that? Um, I think I probably went with Makoto. Yeah. Um, so first time I went with, uh, Haru and then this time around I went with Ryuji. Um, uh, okay. The Ryuji scene actually plays out, um, very amusingly. And I bet a lot of players didn't see this. Yeah. What happens? Um, so there's like this gimmick where, um, they have like some jerk from the school just randomly pick people from the audience and ask them prying questions on stage. Um, so he, um, this is what happens with Haru too. And in both cases, you have to like yell something to uh, keep this person from revealing something about the Phantom Thieves or whatever. And um, if you go with Ryuji, you get to yell, um, I love, and then any one of the uh, team members you have. So you can yell like, I love Yusuke Kitagawa. I love Morgana. And it's very amusing. 
I, I was just glad the game gives you the dialogue option to yell, I love you, Ske. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, that's just a little, uh, you know, character scene that has no impact on the plot. So moving on. When you get home that night, uh, Sujiro has discovered the Phantom Thieves calling card in Futaba's room and is upset about it because he noticed that she changed a lot very recently and is upset. It, it, this is a, a very good scene, I think. Um, just, uh, I mean, I, I generally like all the Sujiro stuff in the game. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very interesting character. Um yeah, he's and, definitely warm to you since he was like, I'm taking you in, and if you fuck up, I'm kicking you out. Yeah, Early and you know, game. he's also a character who um, I feel that his backstory has been revealed at an appropriate pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, here it comes out that um, uh, that he had been um, a government official, um, and that was his relationship. That's how he met uh, Futaba's mom, and... Um, she basically tells him what happened between her and the Phantom Thieves, and then it comes out that you're one of the Phantom Thieves, and so are all your friends. But he's cool with it because you helped his daughter out, and you're a good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have more notes on this scene than I think we need to go over, <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> Just, I, I think it's a good scene. Yeah, and he kind of like takes on like sort of a don't ask, don't tell sort of policy. He's like, I'm just going to kind of overlook the fact that you guys are Phantom Thieves. Yeah. Um, oh, this is where he gets confirmation from Futaba that Wakaba was pretty much definitely killed by a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And um, his response here is, yeah, I thought so. But I, I did not really want to go down that road because I wanted to protect myself and Futaba. So I just ran away and started a cafe. And so that's how he became a cafe man. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next morning, uh, the TV announces that there's a 30 million yen bounty for the Phantom Thieves. And uh, so you're becoming real convinced that there's a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, once again, the characters become a little bit more sure of the conspiracy, and a couple little more holes get filled in. Basically, here characters come to the same conclusions multiple times, but each time the conclusion is slightly more detailed. Right. And we'll see that uh, writ large later in this episode. Um, then we get um, another little scene with Shido, uh, where he's given a speech, just foreshadowing because he's obviously important somehow to what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the team meets up with Akechi and agrees to his plan, um, which is when Akechi says that, well, obviously the thing they need to do is steal Sai's heart. Indeed. Um, and did we, did we mention, I don't think we did, that the reason why Akechi and Sai have had a falling out. Yeah. And yeah, this is because true. Akechi, uh, Sai blamed Akechi for hacking her computer when it was actually Makoto. Yeah, and um, Sai has been just kind of a jerk and gotten very obsessed with just closing the case rather than her justice ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, so Akechi lays out a bunch of reasons why they need to change Sai's heart. Um, basically, um, 
if they don't do it, then she'll either end up catching them or she'll just pin it on some innocent person. Mm-hmm. And the game kind of goes back and forth between which they think will happen. Um, because I'm really not sure how she would be able to pin it on our actual characters because she doesn't know about the metaverse and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's really not any actual evidence. Yeah. I mean, she could pin it on them, but I don't know what would make her think that they were guilty. Right. Because, um, yeah, you know, we've accepted that they can fix evidence however they need to um, and just convict whoever they want. Um, uh, he also makes a secondary case that changing size heart will protect her um, because the true villain will likely charge her, uh, will likely target her somehow for being in charge of the investigation. This one doesn't make sense, (laughs) I don't think. Um, And then his third reason is that Changing Size Heart will be a warning not to mess with them, and it will stop them from going public, Mm -hmm. which I don't understand either. Yeah. Um, But okay, whatever. Changing her heart kind of makes sense. Kind of. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. It's sort of, you know, like she drops it on you in the uh, most recent flashback where she's like, and then you chose to change my heart. Um, And then we got like some, you know, some scenes, you know, like a number of days between before we actually understand why we're doing it. And even then, it doesn't feel, like, incredibly well-motivated, but... Yeah, the, I just don't think... And then the deadline um, that that he gives, uh, there's going to be a big raid on both the school and um, the cafe um, on the 20th of November. Um, not sure why there would be that. Right. Right, because there's still no, like, real compelling, like, non-metaverse contingent evidence tying... And also, um, what would they find if they did that? Right. What, like, there's not, like, evidence that they would find if they did a big raid. Nope. I guess maybe Futaba's computer... But I feel like she's like got it mega encrypted so that no police could break into it. Yeah, and they're not going to raid. They're going to raid the cafe. They're not going to raid uh, Sojiro's house. Uh, I think they do say they'll raid his house. But oh, okay. Even then, I don't know. Um, so this doesn't make a lot of sense, um, which actually is kind of okay with what we learn later. But we'll get to that. Yeah, totally. Um. So anyway, you go uh, looking for uh, Size Palace. Turns out to be the courthouse. Um, and a nice little character moment here. Makoto is immediately like, like, well, it's obviously a casino, and it is. Because she knows her sister. Mm-hmm. It's good character work. Yeah. They don't have to guess. Yeah, totally. Um, so... Now it is time to enter uh, Sai's palace. Yep. Um, Which is probably, I feel like this is the most structurally different um, 
dungeon that we've come across so far. Yeah, this dungeon's weird. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, you enter, so you first come into Size Palace. It's a big, flashy casino that you might remember from the very first cutscene of the game. Um, we casually note some things that will be important later, like the only thing that's weird in her metaverse is the courthouse itself, which is a casino. Everything else in the area is totally normal, which happens to include police headquarters, the Ministry of Justice, and the prosecutor's office. Mm -hmm. And all of that stuff is totally normal. And also all the people look normal. Indicating that, you know, she doesn't have, she doesn't think they're ATMs or robots. Right. Um, so anyway, this is, uh, this is where um, we first get access to Akechi in uh, combat. He joins our party. Um, and he's got a, uh, what is it, like Falcon-themed? Uh, it's, cr- it's a crow-slash-raven-themed thing. Right. I actually looked into the, uh, the way this translates from Japanese a little bit. Um, so um, Japanese actually has the same word for crow and raven. Mm-hmm. Um, so in English, uh, what he does is like, hey, um, yeah, you should call me raven. And they're like, no, we should call you crow. While in Japanese, it's like, I should be... Kagetsu, I think that's it, which is raven slash crow in Japanese. And then they suggest the English word crow instead, because all of their code names are in English, it uh, turns out. That's interesting. Yeah, and um, I don't I forget if we noted this with uh, Futaba. She actually has a different code name in Japanese, which is Navi, which mm. is like what they call web browsers and stuff. Ah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, which indicates that Oracle was a localization thing intended to reference the Batman character. Right. Um, but that aside, so um, Akechi's Phantom Thief costume is like this fairy tale prince getup with like um, gleaming white, and he has these like epaulets on his shoulder, and he has this weird kind of bird mask thing, which according to the SMT wiki, uh, was created to resemble uh, a Tengu's nose because Akechi is as proud as a Tengu. Interesting. Um, That's apparently from the art book. I didn't double check that that was true, but why would they lie? (laughs) Uh, Yes, this is, this is true. Um, And uh, yeah, it's funny not having that context. I looked at his costume and I was just like, Oh, it's like a Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club band kind of. Yeah. And then it was also like supposed to look more like the protagonist or hero of a story meant to contrast with Joker's like sneaky spy look. Right. Right. Uh, His persona is Robin Hood, which is designed kind of like a superhero sort of thing. Uh, It's got, like, a big RH on its chest, like the Superman S, and, like, big American comic-style muscles. Mm -hmm. And he uses a mixture of light and dark attacks, um, as well as just being generally pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. um, You really don't have to do much leveling when he joins your party. Which, yeah, even his, his melee that. attacks uh, are dealing, um, you know, 150 damage, mm-hmm. which is more than the rest of the party who's dealing closer to like 100. Yeah, he's... Oh, and his, uh, 
His weapon is a lightsaber, and his gun is a, like, sci-fi ray gun. For right. some reason. <laughs> I would... I, I don't know why that is. I don't know. Maybe it just ties into the, like, running, like, um, kind of, like, thread of, like, certain personas and characters having, like, 50s sci-fi things yeah. going on. Yeah. Got the... I don't know. Got ray guns. <laughs> we got uh, Howard's dad's costume. Got flying saucers multiple times. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that 50s sci-fi thing here. It doesn't really seem to have much to do with the themes of the game. No. Okay, um, but in, on to the actual palace. Yeah, uh, so a lot of this, it's it's interesting because it's not... There's definitely some exploration, but it's not as exploration-based as the other palaces. Instead, it's yeah. more about, like collecting um certain amount of money so you can get cards to get higher in the casino. Yeah, basically the way it plays out is um you get in there and then Shadow Sai appears and I think she's quite well designed. Um she has like cool gothy like casino lady thing with like mm-hmm. neat tattoos and stuff. And the yellow eyes are set off nicely by a little fl- yellow flower on her hat. I think it's a cool design. Yeah. Um, she tells uh, you that, uh, all right, you know, I will fight you, but first you have to show me that you're a winner and make it to the top floor of my casino. Um, so the first thing you have to do to get on the elevator at all is find a member's card, and you just kind of sneak through the back into the security room. Uh, where you fight a shadow who helpfully has a bunch of blank members' cards. Um, and then Fudaba uses the terminal to activate them. Uh, in a seemingly insignificant detail, she first makes one uh, with the name Taro Tanaka, which I guess is like John Smith in Japan. And they're all like, hey, that's a super obvious name. I think they'll catch on to us. <laughs> and she's like, here, Akechi, throw this out. Um, there's actually a running thing of Futaba just being a total dick to Akechi, which I quite like. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then, uh, she makes another card with a different name and, uh, they get on the elevator. Uh, so on the next floor, a shadow guy tells them that like, you have to win at gambling to earn coins to buy the prize of the mem of the high rollers card or whatever, which will get you to the next floor. Which mostly amounts to you going to, is this the floor that just has like two major kind of like Yeah, this one has the, um, this one has the dice game and then the slot machines. Right. And they tell you that, um, well, beginners should start with the dice game. The slot machine is advanced, which <laughs> I found funny. Um, of course, when you uh, find uh, the... Uh, dice game it's just like your classic uh japanese odd even game a little twist on that with a high low theme uh you quickly find out that the games are rigged Mm -hmm. um so you have to sneak through some vents and stuff to find the computer that is rigging the games and rig the games in your favor instead yeah and you're just like kind of like running around in the uh sort of like back offices of the uh, casino for this section. Yeah, it's pretty normal dungeon stuff. 
Um, okay, so after you win a certain amount of coins at the uh, dice game, you then go into the slot machine thing. Um, and this area I found very confusingly laid out. Yes. Um, I figured out why that was at the very end of when I was doing it a second time. It's because it's divided into two areas and your mini-map switches orientations between the two areas. Mm. So that you're heading left, and then when you switch areas, you're suddenly on the uh, the far left side of the next map rather than the far right side. Right. Yeah, I remember for like how small the area is, I did a lot of like running around in circles. Yeah, both times I played it, I just kept getting so lost. Uh, so anyway, you, you find a giant slot machine there with a ridiculously giant slot machine <laughs> that costs like 5,000 coins to play. Um, and then there's a computer on top of it, which is rigging it. But to make it not be rigged, you have to go find two terminals and hack those to make it not be rigged. You do that, and then you win a lot of money. And you go up to the next floor, and then a shadow's like, sorry, you're not allowed here. Yep. Um, so you have to use the seldom used mechanic from uh, Madarame's pa palace where you leave and go do something in the real world to unlock a thing. Mm -hmm. And apparently all you have to do is just go to the courtroom and have Sai see you there. Yeah. I feel like this bit is just a public service announcement to let Japanese people know they can attend trials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's even, like, uh, the teacher at, like, in one of the questions you get in class is, how old do you have to be to attend a trial in Japan? <laughs> and the answer is zero. And he's like, that's right. Anyone has the right to attend a trial in Japan. Because <laughs> this accomplishes nothing on a story level. Yeah. Because you just go to the courtroom, watch the trial, and she sees you, and then you go in. Yeah, and, and somehow that makes a, uh, you know makes a link in her subconscious that means that you get to be allowed to go further into her subconscious. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, the way the metaverse works in this game does not actually make sense. Yeah. But that's fine, you know, the brain is weird. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so for this floor, uh, you have the classic gambling game's Maze full of monsters and one-on-one -on -one combat arena. Yeah. Um, fuck the maze full of monsters. Yeah, it's not very fun. No, you're just wandering through a completely black maze fighting shadows. Mm -hmm. And then there's even this bit about how, oh, the maze is actually impossible because the door is locked. Oh, wait, there's a vent. Um, uh, the theming of this floor is that the high rollers pay uh, or just have like other people compete in these events for them and then bet on those events, um, which I guess is supposed to be uh, symbolic of how, you know, the wealthy manipulate and use other people to make money, which ostensibly works as a metaphor, but it's, it's clumsy. Yeah. It's, it's a clearly a very loose excuse to have some uncreative gameplay segments. Yeah. Um, okay. So the way this floor works is that there's a weird bridge that's, a scale for some reason and you need to put 10,000 or a hundred thousand coins in a machine to make the scale, make a bridge to the manager's level. 
Mm-hmm. And this is instead of just buying a card because I guess it looks cooler. Yeah, and I guess it metaphorically works with like the scale of justice. Yeah, no, I see what they're doing. It's yeah. Um, so you you beat the stupid dark monster maze and a one-on-one battle where Joker has to fight like three sets of enemies in a row and it's not that hard um, to get enough money. And then when you get there, Sai's like, ha, I changed the rules. Now you need a million coins. Right. And then Akechi reveals that he did a complicated thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what he did was he took the card that Futaba had told him to destroy. Oh, and there was also a rule at the casino where you could borrow up to as many coins from the bank as you had on your card at any one time. So basically, he was placing side bets on everything you did, and then between them, borrowing from the bank so as to double the amount of money on the card. Um, I don't think anyone was really, really cares enough to follow the math here, but basically he did complicated things... So you do have enough money. Yeah, exactly. So this sort of like creates like an arbitrary barrier and then creates a complicated explanation of why you don't have to ex- worry about said complicated barrier. Yep. Uh, it's to show how smart a catchy is. Yes. That is the point of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also how he's duplicitous and didn't just explain this to you because why didn't he just explain this to you? Uh, totally. Like, no reason. Um, so yeah, then you you get to the top, uh, you see the glowing sphere thing that's gonna turn into the treasure. Um, Makoto notes that if she had to guess, it would be her father's police notebook. Um, because it represents, uh, you know, how he was killed in the line of duty. Oh, yeah. Have we, have we talked about how her dad was killed by, like, mob the mob and then Sai raised Makoto for the last few years and all that stuff? Yeah, I think we talked about that in an earlier, earlier episode. Okay, cool. And we were talking about how, yeah, how Sai is real, real, real hard on her sister. Yeah, she's very resentful of that and also resentful of her father for dedicating himself to justice and then getting himself killed, making her do all this stuff, mm-hmm. which sucks. Um, so, yeah, they leave, and, uh, you know, because it's time to send the calling card. Only this time it's not time to send the calling card. Yep. Um, for arbitrary reason, it um, they have to send the calling card on the very last day... For they give a reason, but it's stupid and doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, on on a very basic plot level, they have to do it on the last day because you've been flashing to uh, flashing back from November twentieth the entire game. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're not captured on November twentieth, this doesn't really make sense, right? Um, So you just kind of hang out for the rest of the month. Um, Nothing interesting happens. you can do your social links, whatever. Is there anything you remembered that was particularly interesting from the month? Uh, nothing that really stands out that we haven't touched upon. Yeah, it's it's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, so once she, uh, yeah, Makoto delivers the card to Sai. 
Um, and then they have a nice little moment together where it says, like, hey, we should go on a little trip to a hot springs after this. All blows over, you know, just you and me, and really just kind of hang out. And it's, you know, just a nice little moment showing their bond. Uh, also a moment where I was thankful that the game didn't really have a big hot springs scene. Yeah. Um, and then there was a scene in the bathhouse, but that was just with the guys, so it was fine. Mm-hmm. Why, you don't um, want to see a scene where uh, Makoto and Sai go to a hot springs and then uh, our male characters uh, try to sneak into their hot spring? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would just be so so new and <laughs> novel. I, you know, I've, just, I've never seen um, a piece of uh, Japanese media where a bunch of guys try to see some girls in a hot spring. Yeah. Um, so anyway, then everybody meets up at the cafe, um, and we get, uh, a little, like, we've been getting these little weird scenes where, like, a weird blur filter goes on, and we see characters talking, but we don't hear them, and honestly, first time through the game, I just forgot about these, because there's nothing about them to remember. Yeah, yeah, so now you're on your second time through the game, what's, what is the deal with these? Uh, these are the moments that we flash back to later when the characters are having conversations that explain what their actual plan is. Right. Okay. Um, I had actually kind of just assumed that the first, that, you know, they just didn't show those scenes the first time. But no, they actually do show all of them, but just with a weird filter and no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not an effective storytelling technique because there's no reason to remember them. And you don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah, and it sort of, like, undermines the concept. It undermines the whole, like, framing device of, like, you telling, you remembering to side. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the whole thing is just very messy. Yeah. Um, the game really doesn't, really seems to be of two minds um, as to how much Joker is, um, you know, a cipher for the, the main character, for the player, rather, mm-hmm. and how much he's his own character. They really, yeah. they really go back and forth on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, personally, I think they should have just made him a character. Yeah, and it is kind of weird. We're not, we're not quite there yet, but it's strange after playing as this character for you know however months we, how many months we've been playing in the game. Um, it's strange to then get the uh, get the initial um cutscene where he the animated cutscene where he's in the casino and he just like looks like a real motherfucker he's got this like kind of like sarcastic smirk on his face and whatnot yeah and it's like that doesn't really line up with the character that i've been playing for the last eight months or whatever doesn't even it doesn't even line up with most of his dialogue options. Yeah. Like, even of the options you're given, very few of them are smug. Yeah, yeah. He looks real, real smug. And you're kind of like, oh, where did this come from? Like, I mean, I know that I thought comes at the beginning of the game, his, um, but I had no yeah. contacts then. Yeah. Um, okay. So, anyway, then uh, they go into the palace and fight the boss. Yes. Um, okay, so, like many bosses, this one has a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, it takes place on a giant roulette wheel, which actually looks very cool. Yeah. Visually, this boss fight works quite nicely. And the roulette wheel determines, like, 
what kind of attack that you're going to get. No, not exactly. It's 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 needlessly complicated. That would make more sense. <laughs> right. Um so you you have like one round of just fighting Shadow Sai and her in like a normal non crazy monster form. Uh, weirdly when right before the fight there's like this weird purple flash where you see the monster thing she transforms into eventually. And uh, Makoto notices that and is like, what What was that? And the game never seems to come back to any of what these purple, because a couple of purple flashes happen at seemingly random points Mm -hmm. and they don't mean the same thing. And I don't know what's going on with that. So please write in if you know what's going on with the purple flashes. Yeah, please. Uh, so anyway, uh, you fight her normal for a couple of rounds or a round or two, and then she's like, all right, now I'm going to spin the wheel. If you attack me while the wheel's spinning, you get a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have to sit there for a round and buff, basically. Yep. Uh, and then you get to make a bet, on a pretty standard roulette bet on the wheel. Um, Akechi and Morgana helpfully point out, like, hey, remember how every game in this casino was fixed? This is probably fixed. Mm-hmm. So don't do the high risk bet. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you do the bet, and then you lose, and then you take some damage, um, and then you get the option. Like Morgana's like, "Hey, did you figure out how the wheel's rigged?" And if you say no, you go through that pattern again. Yep. And if you say yes, you're given three options, one of which is obviously the correct option, um, which is that there's a glass lid over the roulette wheel mm-hmm. preventing it from going in your holes yep um and so like you had to do in Fataba's dungeon in the boss fight basically you have to dispatch one of your party members to go uh shoot out the glass yep so you do that um and then from here the and then from here the roulette mechanic just becomes like an actual gamble i think yeah um, so I don't know. Still, I don't really want to just be doing a 50% chance thing in my boss fight. Yeah, totally. Um, and then it cycles through, um, a bunch of different things you can bet. So like, um, you can bet damage or gold or, I'm sorry, yen, uh, or SP. And then whichever side loses takes, loses some of that resource, and of course um, you want to bet the gold because um, yeah. it has very little value. Especially exactly. And you might, in the game. Yeah. And even if you win like the high bet on gold, you only get like 9,000 mm-hmm. yen, which, you know, is what is, you know, maybe ha- uh, twice what you'll get for a decent combat encounter. So it's even not that big of a deal then. Um, so you fight her and then she turns into this crazy cyborg lady with like boobs that have like, metal spikes for nipples and a giant sword and then you fight her and you win mm-hmm. yep and then um makoto has a little talk with her shadow sister um uh, where she criticizes her morality and um all of that stuff and um you know this is where um i first started noticing the importance of the concept of your justice the idea of a personalized conception of justice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure, because that's an awkward translation. That's it's not a thing we say in English. A person doesn't have a, an individual justice. Um, 
but the idea that that represents is actually very important to the themes of the game. So I just wanted to point out that um, Makoto here is criticizing her sister for losing her justice. Yes. Um, so while they're doing that, uh, Ryuji and Yosuke go and grab her treasure, which is a nondescript briefcase. Um, and then suddenly Futaba senses enemies everywhere, tons of them gathering outside. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then um, they need to, uh, Makoto decides that they need to split up to escape, but someone needs to act as a decoy. No, that's too dangerous. And Joker's like, everybody go. I got this. Right. And then that's the cutscene at the beginning of the game. Yep. And so then you play through that entire tutorial segment. Mm-hmm. Again, including the part where they, like, tell you how to hide and stuff. Yeah. Only this time you do see the, the portraits of the different uh, party members talking to you and instructing you along the way. Now, I noticed something here, too. How are they talking to him? <laughs> That's a good question. They don't have radios. Yeah. This is not a thing in this game. That is, that's a really good question. <laughs> it never comes up again. Psychic link. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then uh, you get into that first tutorial fight, and then uh, see uh, your initial persona, Arsene, pop up and be like, Hey, remember me? <laughs> You need to remember the bonds you've made with your friends. If you are fated to continue past this point, we will surely meet again, and then disappears. And yeah, that's the you know, first of um, several people telling you to remember the bonds. Yeah, you know what's actually kind of funny is that... Uh, um, I played through enough of this game to the point where I forgot what even what Arsene looked like. And then um, I would pick up the box that the game came in every once in a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, Arsene is in the background of the box art. And I'd be like, well, clearly that's the final boss. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I had completely forgotten until he shows up again what he looks like. Yeah, I, I, I do like how they made a point of in, of trying to integrate your initial persona into this game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because I always think that, um, you know, and this they started doing that a little bit um, with Persona 4. I actually really liked the way that was handled there. Yeah. Where it turned out your initial persona actually was super important. Yeah, well, I mean, that was, uh, you know, if you read the interviews with the, the developers, the idea of, like, Arsene Lupin, like, that was, like, a major, you know, kind of, like, inspiration for the development of the game. Yeah, it definitely is. I've read a few of those um, stories, and this is really in the vein of that. Just the, the whole way that the thieves are portrayed is clearly, like, 100% inspired by that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, you know... I like I like Arsene. He's cool. Um, weird how he just randomly pops up here. Yeah, it is. But okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, then the the whole thing finishes with you getting like tackled by a billion cops. Yeah. Um. Now the first time I played this, I was super confused because why? How is this the metaverse? What's are these meta cops? What's going on? 
I was very confused by this as well. I was like, man, sure, they sure conjured a lot of metacops to go after him. Yeah. Well, we'll find out, like, in 40 minutes what the deal with that was. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so then we get um, kind of a truncated version of um, the initial interrogation scene um, with that random guy beating the shit out of Joker. Mm-hmm. And then Psy showing up. And then injecting him with the truth truth serum. Yep. The truth serum that makes him forget things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not very effective. Because, you know, obviously, when you need someone to tell the truth, you want to make them forget what they were planning. Yep. I mean, honestly, I guess that is how... Well, I mean, that's why they don't use truth serum. Because that's what actually happens. Yeah, more or less. But... That's why they don't use it, so I don't know why they use it. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Uh, then uh, you go into the velvet room for a minute, um, and uh, they tell you, hey, you're done remembering stuff, and you've gotten to the present. Uh, hey, if you want to win the unreasonable game, recall the bonds you formed with your allies. Again, um, making sure you remember... The bonds you formed with your allies. Precisely. Yeah. Because... You know, can't... Yeah. Because yeah. this is a JRPG, so it's very yeah. important. Yeah. I wonder if there is some bad ending where you lose the game if you don't recall the bonds with your allies. <laughs> I love how they're just like, if you want to win the game, recall the bonds. Yeah, it's really, it's kind of funny. I mean, you know, I'd say it's probably better than, um, uh, say, Persona 4, where you can, like, lock yourself into the bad ending by, you know, like, say, like, 70 hours into the game by just making a bad choice. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, although I think there there's kind of a middle ground. Like, honestly, without all of those big red flags here, all that would have happened, and maybe a save point closer to the choice, all that would have happened is you see a bad ending. Yeah. And then you go back and, tra- and try again. Yeah. Which would have been fine. Although, I, I actually made a point of getting the bad ending this time. I see why they didn't do that, because the bad ending actually isn't very good. Right. It, it's just really reused footage from the good ending. Um, so then in the interview room, uh, Sai says, I understand what happens, and then offers Joker a deal. She weirdly says that you've corrupted the order of this country and caused an uprising against its very existence. That didn't happen. No, that's, yeah, that's definitely not borne out by what's about to come. Yeah, or what they did. Yeah. They, they really, oh, because you, even if they, like, did, I guess maybe if she thinks they did the mental shutdowns. But that doesn't really track with her starting to believe Joker's story, um, which she's been doing as the game goes on and her social link has been going up. Yeah, which... you know, and I, 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 I do wonder, like, to what degree um, there's, there's sort of, like, a cultural difference between, like, how this would be read by a Japanese audience versus how it would be read by an American audience. You know, where, um, you know, like, 
I feel like some of these themes are seem a little like nonsensical or even trite, like in an American context where like so much of it is like being like, you know, so much of narrative is like, you know, um, you're supposed to say no to society and forge your own way. And that's like, you know, kind of like a key message of like the American identity versus like in Japan where that's like, um, much more of a, you know, kind of like, you know, there's a social taboo against that sort of thing. Right. Right. It's the whole notion of the uh, individualist versus the collectivist culture. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, that, that, that definitely is playing into this. Um, and you know, even if, um, like, uh, they were, uh, like even if you flipped it so they were arguing from uh an individualist perspective i still think this would be pretty simplistic and just the way it's stated would be very simplistic and it's annoying because i feel like this game is really getting at some very interesting themes mm -hmm. um about that but they keep presenting it in a very simplistic way yeah yeah and i can't i i wonder if that's uh, the translation like maybe in Japanese, it is what they're saying is more nuanced, um, or at least less cartoony. Mm -hmm. Although, I mean, it's a cartoon, so yeah. mm, it probably isn't now that I think about it. Right. <laughs> um, I don't even mind the cartooniness. I just wish they would spend a little more time discussing the actual conflicts that are going on between these ideas. Like, we don't spend that much time, even like uh, with Makoto, like dealing with the morality of changing her sister's heart. We get a little bit of that, but like that is an interesting character moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's something like, yes, yes, it is a cartoon and yes, it's like, you know, a video game that, you know, is like based on, you know, that has its a lot of its roots in like, you know, anime and whatnot, but that, um, you know, at the same time, it is like a hundred hour long game that's very, very plot centric. And it definitely has the space to like sort of like make more nuanced points and kind of go deeper into those character moments. And there's other cases where it really effectively does. Um, and Persona games in general really effectively do those things. So it's it, it, it feels like, you know sort of a failure when it doesn't do it like a major yeah failure. exactly it um like if it if it was a you know if this was like a, a 40 hour game even um i could see an argument for it not taking the time to go into these interesting kind of interior conflicts the characters are having mm -hmm. but at 100 hours like what you get instead is i think there's a conspiracy two days later I think there's a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just find that frustrating. But anyway, moving on with the interrogation. Um, so Sai is offering Joker a deal. Then rat out your friends and I'll give you a lighter sentence. Otherwise, you'll get life in prison or the death penalty. Um, so she then lists all of the Phantom Thieves and asks if they're the Phantom Thieves. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I could see someone being critical, like, well, she already knows. But no, she needs corroboration. Right. Like, that's fair enough. And it is really obvious. If you know he's the fan of the... Maybe it's the kids he's hanging out with constantly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that's fine, I think. Um, so then you're get, given the option to sell them out or not to. If you, if you select sell them out, you even get an art thou sure kind of <laughs> second chance here. Um, so if you haven't guessed, this is where the, uh, you can get the bad ending, um, which, um, honestly, I'll just touch on later because it's almost the same as the good ending Mm -hmm. just without one little twist. Um, so, and then after, uh, after she, after that option, she asks you, uh, to sell out the rest of your confidence. Um, you can say yes or no here. I, I'm not sure what happens if you say yes here. Um, maybe bad ending. Maybe it just forces you. I don't know. Uh, and then she asks you about a catchy. And interestingly, there's no option to to say he is a phantom thief here. Right. All of the options are no. Um, so then she gets mad at you and demands that you tell her of your justice and that it is not your place to decide justice. And then you get three really stupid, redundant options for what your justice is. This isn't really plot relevant, but it bugged me. You can say that justice is sticking to the right path, which is just like, it's, it's a tautology. It's just like, justice is doing the right thing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, not forgiving criminals, which is stupid. And then saving others, which is correct, but also very much a simplification of the actual morality that the Phantom Thieves are representative of. Right. Um, and then when you answer, Psy tells you that your answer is stupid. <laughs> which bothered me. It's like, uh, okay, moving on. Psy then starts to be like, you know, I don't even know what's true anymore due to your strange story. Yes. Okay, and then here's where you finally start to figure out what happens. Um, oh God, this bit. So, just to be clear, the explanation of what happens in my notes takes maybe a quarter of a page. Yes. My notes on the blow-by-blow blow here is five pages long. <laughs> yeah. And in the game, it is, like, I mean, it's it's... Literally, probably about an hour of exposition. Yeah, it's real long. And it's doing that thing where you find out a little bit. Then the plot moves forward at like a few hours. Then you find out the same stuff, but a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, and then and the game keeps telling you that Joker's memories are coming back. This is the first time you get a little like thought bubble saying, Joker's memories are returning. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, so you get, uh, and then so you start flashing back to the beginnings of those scenes that we saw earlier with the, the blurry filter. This time, uh, the first one is, uh, when Akechi first joined the group, Joker and Morgana being like, you realize, Morgana saying to Joker, you realized it too. It was our conversation about pancakes. (laughs) Um, then, um, Sai says she has to leave. Joker then kind of taunts her and says, if she asks if she's giving up or um, doesn't she want to win, playing into her whole gambling attitude towards her job. 
So she sticks around for a minute. Uh, she says the word interrogation room, and then you get a flashback to Morgana saying that, oh yeah, she mentioned a special interrogation room. We should lure them there. Uh, then Sai gets ready to leave again. Um, and this is where uh, we start getting a little hint about what the heck going on went on with the cops in the metaverse. Mm. Mentioning that Joker was caught in some kind of bizarre phenomenon uh, and asks him to confirm that somebody told him that he was sold out. Then we flash back to the word sold out, a conversation with Morgana and Futaba. Um, so to think his true intentions were to sell us out. Uh, you get a meaningless dialogue option and then Morgana clarifies that you have to give someone a smartphone and you don't know why Um, and then your smartphone is there and you like hey do something with the smartphone and she's like oh this phone yes it is locked and in a very complicated way but we will crack your phone code eventually. Uh, then we flash back to Morgana and Joker standing with the phone over Futaba sleeping. And Morgana explains that she hasn't slept for days while getting the app ready. And you need to show him the phone. <laughs> then Joker tells Sai to show him the phone. Him being the traitor slash culprit. And then you hear a voice clip that you're going to hear a bunch of times. That's just marked as young man's voice here. Um, I'm just going to say it's a catchy here because it is, and you can probably recognize his voice at this point, um, of him saying, we can say he stole the gun, the guard's gun and killed himself. Mm-hmm. Yes, with that room, my task will be simple, and thus the dangerous criminal responsible for the mental shutdowns will end his own life, um, which I think is just playing in Joker's head, even though it plays later as a recording on the phone. Um, and so Sai's really confused and then Joker says it wasn't a teammate or I already told you and then she figures out who it is right and then she agrees to show him the phone and then suddenly her confident rank jumps to max mm-hmm. and it was definitely only like six or so before I think yeah and you gain the ability true justice which is described as a bunch of question marks <laughs> <laughs> and the game never explains that right and honestly, um, at this point, I was, like, ready, like, so let's say, I don't I don't remember exactly how long, how, how long it takes to get to this point in exposition, but, like, I was ready for the other shoe to drop and for there to be some, like, crazy twist that I did not expect coming. Yeah, they really set you up for a good twist. Yes. You do not get a good twist. No. You get a... I guess that's a twist. Yeah. Um, annoyingly, it's not like... The twist here isn't anything about what you thought the plot of the game was. That's exactly what you thought it was. Right. The twist is just, how does he get out of the situation? Right. Um, which is very disappointing. <laughs> um, so anyway, then Sai leaves, and... She runs into a catchy on the way out. What a lucky coincidence that they happen to pass each other in the hallway at exactly this moment. Um, he kind of fucks with her a little bit, saying that he's in charge of the interst- interrogation now. Uh, and then it's like, just kidding, haha. Um, then he says, 
They're so far underground that no one would notice if things got violent. Which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> to her. And then she asks him, like, didn't you think that the Phantom Thieves didn't do the shutdowns? And he's like, no, that was a lie. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, sorry I tricked you. But to trick your enemies, you must first trick your allies. Um, which is a funny thing to say, because that's kind of how I feel the game treated the player. Mm-hmm. Um, then we flash back to three seconds ago uh, to the bit where Cy, where um, Joker tells her who to give the phone to and Sai realizing who she's supposed to give the phone to. Mm-hmm. Just, I love the old flashback to earlier in the same scene. It's just such an amazing narrative device. Okay, so she shows him the phone and asks him if it looks familiar. Then we get a purple flash. Um, again, there's a purple flash here. Um, not the usual effect we see when the thing that happens here happens. Uh, and then he's like, why are you showing me a phone? Then she leaves. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get confirmation that Akechi is evil because we get a new drawing of his face um, where he looks crazy and evil. Yes. And that's definitely when you know for sure he was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Because I was still hoping at this point that they were going to have another twist here and it would be someone else or something. Yeah. But no, when you see that face, it's like, yep, you don't draw the crazy face on someone who's not actually evil. <laughs> um, so then he goes, asks the guard to accompany him, accompany him into the cell because he doesn't want to be alone with a murderer. Mm-hmm. The guard agrees. Kenji then grabs the guard's gun and shoots him. And then he monologues about how Joker played right into his trap. Ha 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 ha. And then amusingly, your bond with Akechi goes up. Yeah. <laughs> because you revealed his true nature. Which is definitely breaking what the social links usually mean in these games. Yeah. But sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, fine. I, I understand why you need a social link. It's all good. Um... So then we get a cool animated scene of him just shooting Joker in the head, saying, this is how your justice ends. Going back to the your justice concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a pretty well shot scene. It's, it's, it's cool. Uh, very bloody, dramatic, neat. Um, then we get a weird intercut to just Sojiro at the cafe, and then we hear the bell when the door opens ding. Mm-hmm. And then we cut right back to the anime scene with Akechi putting the gun in Dead Joker's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Akechi calls his boss, who is finally revealed to be Shido. Yes, that's right. <laughs> now we know. Yep. yep. Then uh, they talk a little bit and they're like, shouldn't we kill all the other Phantom Thieves? And they decide, no, that would be too suspicious. We'll kill them later after the election. Uh, and then they decide to kill Sai's boss with a mental shutdown uh, just because he knows too much. And then immediately we cut to Sai's boss having a mental shutdown. I'm not sure how this works time-wise mm-hmm. because um, we learned that Akechi's causing the mental shutdowns. And this is still while he's on the phone. Whatever. You know, time is fluid in editing. That's fine. Right. And I do, just to drop this in there, um, I don't think we've actually said what the plot is directly, like what the, what their secret plan is, which is to send Akechi to the metaverse without him knowing it 
and have him kill the metaverse version of, version of Joker, but not the real yep. version. Yep. Uh, but we won't find that out for another three pages. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, the player figures this out at some point in this half an hour segment. It's just kind of, um, how many clues do you need to figure out what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't understand that explanation of it, uh, there are, uh, there are diagrams to helpfully. Oh, I love the diagrams. <laughs> yeah, the diagrams. <laughs> I feel like more, you know, more exposition could use diagrams. Yeah. I would I would feel way more positively about this exposition if we didn't get these other half explanations in between like here and the diagrams. Right. It's like having to take an advanced class. Then after that class is over, you have to take the regular version. <laughs> and then you have to take the remedial version. <laughs> right. Right. What's that? You understood it in the advanced version? Oh, well. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so then uh, Sai, who is standing in the hallway, I'm not sure when exactly this is. I think this is when Akechi does like kill Joker in the metaverse. And then she gets a call from Alibaba. Remember Alibaba? Yep. Um, who gives her instructions to save Joker and all of that. Um, so Sai thinks on her feet and um, gets rid of the guard, who is an accomplice to the whole thing, saying like, hey, I was sent to kill him instead. Uh, you know, they're probably just going to kill you later when they're cleaning up evidence, so you should go into hiding. So that's what happened with the guard. Um... Then we get this kind of moody anime cutscene of the news announcing Joker's capture and suicide while we get little scenes of the other Phantom Thieves going about their normal lives, pretending to be normal. Uh, I actually like this scene. It's nice and moody. Mm-hmm. Um, like, clearly it had a much higher animation budget than a lot of the other ones, um, just because the light of, like, there's really a lot of very good lighting here. Yeah. Um, it's a cool scene. I like it. It kind of helps bring a little emotional investment back to this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, then after that, uh, we're back in the velvet room and Igor says, it seems you've been killed. Why were you killed? You needed to die to escape doom. How did you accomplish this? (laughs) Then Igor says he's giving you back all his, all your memories because okay. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Um, And also, he doesn't give you all your memories back. You still don't remember stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we get... Then we return to those same earlier scenes that we saw last time, only we see a little bit more of them. Uh, I'm not going to go through them one by one because Jesus. Um, But this is where um, it is revealed that the Metaverse version of Joker was shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, explicitly. We see um, Joker lying dead on the table, and then the weird little shadowy effect happens, and the shadow guard's body dissolves, and we cut back up to Joker sitting at the desk, at the interrogation table, and he's like, heh. Yeah. Which is fun. I like that. That was was a good moment. Like, it just bothers me that this whole thing could have been told in a way that was good. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could have just cut half of the stuff that happens here 
and it would have worked. Yeah, and it probably would have worked better as well. Um, you know, it's it's it definitely um, suffers from the phenomenon where, as you pile more exposition onto something, it makes you think about how the basic mechanics of that plot twist don't actually work quite as well. Yeah, it's like just the time they spend here on each point and like making sure to fill certain plot holes just gives you more plot holes to think of. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think like we were chatting about this on the Duckfeed uh, Slack last night on the Dark Souls board. But, um, you know, I, I made it through Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2 without really thinking about the mechanics of how hollowing works and not really caring. And it wasn't until Dark Souls 3 where they made that a plot point where I was like, you know, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I, uh, after playing Dark Souls 2, for some reason, I don't remember exactly why, uh, I needed to write an explanation of how hollowing worked for my friend. <laughs> and yeah. it was... It's just this weird several paragraph thing. Um, I mean, this is back when I thought Dark Souls was all artsy and ambiguous for metaphorical reasons. Right. So I gave them a lot of credit, um, which I guess is what would have happened here if they had just been a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, no, that's a that's an artistic choice. They they didn't explain it because why bog the scenes rhythm down with pointless exposition. And now it's like, well, you already did that, and you still didn't explain all these things. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, okay, so then, after that series of flashbacks, we get Joker meeting up with all his buddies at the cafe. Um, Sai smuggled him out of the interrogation room and dropped him off at Sojiro's shortly after his suicide was announced. Um... Everyone has a heartfelt reunion. Um, I think this is like the next day, actually. And Sai shows up and apologizes to Futaba for uh, just fucking with her and Sojiro for no good reason. Mm-hmm. And hilariously, Futaba's just like, whatever, it's cool. Yeah. And this that is actually another another thing. Like, for all the work that is done here... Um, I don't feel like we actually see uh, the point at which um, Psy, um like, believably and convincingly joins your side. Yeah, it's muddled. I mean, the closest thing we get to that is um, right before she um, kind of tricks the guard. Uh, the phone just straight up plays a catchy saying his plan and that he did it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I took as the moment that she's convinced. Because, you know, as distorted as her cognition may be, this is a, a guy confessing. Yeah. Like, okay, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you're right. We don't see her dealing with that revelation at all. No. She's very nonchalant about it. She's like, well, okay, I guess my friend Akechi is actually a murderer. Yep. Well, time to go break this murderer out of jail. Or this not murderer, I guess. I think he's not a murderer. I don't know. Whatever. Time to break this kid out of jail. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they have the big uh, Joker and the gang have their big reunion. Uh, 
Ryuji calls him a big bastard, uh, which I think is really fun. <laughs> uh, I just love that phrase, big bastard. I think it should come up more often. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and so Jiro's just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is all confusing for me. <laughs> and he just acts like a total moron for this entire scene. And they explain it to him like he's three years yeah, old. Yeah, please explain it to me once again. What's the metaverse? Yeah. Uh, and then finally we get the whole explanation. They realize that Akechi wasn't lying to them because way back the very first time they met him, which I think was in like the beginning of June at the TV station, he mentions pancakes in a conversation to them. Right. Because he heard Morgana saying, ah, we should go to get that pancakes because there's a big building that looks like a pancake. And he mentions that, oh, I would love some delicious pancakes. Mm-hmm. And for some, somehow, everybody remembers that no one else said the word pancake besides Morgana. Right. Now, the thing here that really kills me is that on my first playthrough of the game, I did notice that. Ah, okay. But I forgot about it <laughs> by the time we got to this point of the game. Like, I, I, you know, there was just so much crap going on that even though I had been like, oh, okay, Akechi's a Persona user. Interesting. Mm -hmm. By the time we actually got here, I was like, okay, Akechi just got a Persona. Fine. Yep. So even though I did notice it, I was still completely confused as to what was going on until the full reveal here where they're explaining it to Dum Dum Sojiro. Yeah. Okay, so then we see the whole long plan. So from that point, they know something's up. So they get Futaba to bug his phone. Um, there was this moment earlier, which I didn't mention because it would have been suspicious if I had just brought up this stupid thing that happens then. Uh, and you've probably forgotten that too, if you're playing the game. She grabs Akechi's phone and is like, oh my god, this phone's so cool. I wanted this phone. What she's actually doing is tapping his phone. Mm-hmm. Um, then they get the recording of Akechi helpfully explaining exactly how he's going to murder Joker and trick everyone. Um, then they all realize that um, uh, size metaverse is unique in that the whole thing is normal and everybody looks normal except for in a weird casino. Right. And they like even go check out the secret underground interrogation room uh, where they know for a fact that Joker will be held. Interesting that they have exactly one interrogation room where it will definitely be. Okay. Mm. That's fine. And it's underground for some reason. Why do they have underground interrogation rooms? That doesn't even make sense. Okay, whatever. Um, so they scope that whole thing out and come up with a very convoluted plan, which hinges entirely on Joker being able to convince Sai to show Akechi the phone and transport him to the metaverse because Futaba is remotely controlling the phone from her laptop. You even get a little note here saying, like, wait, how is she... Do, are you wondering how she was controlling the phone? You should ask her later and she will explain that. Just like, and you can do that. It's like, really? Now you give me the opportunity to opt out of exposition? Right. Like, <laughs> just tell me already. It does <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, so when she showed him the phone, he got the metaverse and he killed metaverse Joker. Now, a thought that occurred to me here is, um, 
Wait, how did Akechi get out of the metaverse? That's a good question. Um, like, wouldn't you know, like, it, does it work where you just get far enough from their palace you get out? They never actually say that's how it works. Because mm. they always leave through the app. Yeah. Um, although, no, no, actually, that does make sense. Because now I'm remembering they do have a piece of dialogue in here where they explain that, like, at the very first time with Kamashita, they didn't even know they had entered or left the metaverse uh, when they found his castle thing. Right. So that does make sense. Okay. Wait a minute. No, because even when they left, their phone, like, Joker's phone still did say, like, now leaving the metaverse or something like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe... So Akechi's phone would have said that, but maybe you didn't hear it. Or maybe Futaba, since she was controlling the phone remotely, had control over that as well. Who knows? Well, she, was, but she wasn't controlling Akechi's phone. She was controlling Joker's phone that Sai showed to Akechi. Right. Right. Wait. Wait, why, why, why didn't you just do this to Akechi's phone? That's a good question. Yeah. That would have just totally removed this whole... Like, massive, like, well, if she doesn't run into him and show him the phone thing, just follow him and yeah, watch him no, go into, really like, the underground plate. Just follow him, and then, uh, see, you, uh, you just spend enough time on this. <laughs> if, we, if we spend much more time on it, we're going to just drive ourselves insane. No, we're at the end here. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's basically what happened. Um... Okay, oh, and so the bad ending of the game, uh, now that we know the whole plot, was you don't convince Sai, and then Akechi just comes in and shoots the real Joker, and you see the same Joker getting shot cutscene, only this time it's in the real world. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. So, and then the game's like, you screwed up. Oh, and infuriatingly, you can't skip the credits in the bad ending. That's annoying. So you either have to force quit the game, or... Watch the 15-minute credits. Right. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, at this point, Sai says, All right, I'm going to help you from here on, guys. You're great. Uh, Makoto admits that, uh, Man, this plan was almost ruined because the cops drugged and beat the shit out of Joker. It's really just pure luck that our complicated plan succeeded. <sighs> Which... Like, the satisfaction of characters having a complicated plan is that it's foolproof. Right. Like, a complicated plan that succeeds by pure luck isn't satisfying as an audience. No. Um, But we've talked enough about how this is not satisfying, so moving on. Um, This is also the point where Sojiro's like, you know what? You guys can meet downstairs from now on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to even close the cafe for you guys. Um, then we get a cut back to Akechi visiting Shido. They're like, ha ha ha, Joker's dead. Um, Shido's like, hmm, I recognize that name from somewhere. Uh, they then mention that, uh, well, the director, uh, you know, size boss, the conspiracy guy's death has been ruled a, whatchamacallit, a, a heart attack or stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they don't have to worry about those guys finding anything out. Yeah. Uh, and then blah, blah. Then they explain how, like that they met each other two years ago and Kechi came to Shido being like, hey, I can kill your enemies in the metaverse. And Shido, 
who was in charge of the government, who was like a government official who knew about Wakaba's research, knew that the metaverse existed and was like, cool, go kill them. Um, then Akechi reveals that not only can you change someone's heart by stealing it, but somehow you can also manipulate it to make people go psychotic. Yes. Uh, this is the first use of the phrase go psychotic. <laughs> um, which is a really stupid translation. Yeah. Um, there's a particular example of it uh, next month, uh, which, man, is really something. Well, don't people get wide eyes and bleed from them uh, when they turn psychotic? Isn't that something no, that that's, happens? No, that's different. <laughs> that's a mental shutdown, which they never really go into. Oh, because right. uh, apparently what a catchy can do is like go into people's hearts and then make them go psychotic to become a criminal. And then he prosecutes them as the ace detective. Right. Um, now, this is something that's kind of underexplained in the game because I assumed that going psychotic was a synonym for a mental shutdown, but that doesn't actually make sense with what he's saying he does with that. Yeah. Not helped by the fact that I don't think we ever actually see anyone who's being made to go psychotic or if we do, I think it's implied that maybe this had something to do with some of these people's palaces. Yeah. But not all of them, because why would he do that to like Kamashita or Mamarame? That just seems like those are guys who had palaces by themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, I I think that's it. Oh wait, no, no. There's one more thing. Uh, uh, the gang back at Jiro's talks about how now they know because of Akechi's phone call where he says Shido's name by coincidence. They know Shido was behind it. So Jiro is helpfully like, "Oh yeah, I thought he killed Wakaba." Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they all decide to target Shido and that their deadline is the next election. Oh, yeah. And Joker needs to pretend to be dead. Him pretending to be dead is like a way to keep Shido off their trail and stop him from trying to stop them more. Yeah. I think that's everything. I think so, too. And like in kind of an unsatisfying way, uh, the way that um the world thinking joker is dead plays out in uh actual gameplay is basically you can do anything that you could do before but then you get a line being like you better make sure that nobody sees you from uh right. morgana right um you do wear a hoodie for a couple of days yeah. but then you stop yeah and then eventually you even get to go back to school totally <laughs> because obviously Luckily, no one knows that you were the phantom thief who killed them. Yeah. Uh, I, I swear this game is worth spending this much time discussing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's something I was going to say is that, um, I mean, <laughs> we sound pretty down on it in this episode, but I mean, I still really like this game and there's a lot that I think oh, is yeah, really no. good about this game. This section in the plotting is really, really just... I mean, I don't know if it could have been any clunkier. Yeah, no, it definitely does get better from this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I quite like the way the game actually ends. I think mm -hmm. that wrap-up is good. Yeah, totally. Um, 
but yeah. And I'm particularly down on this because I just played through this and took 20 pages of notes. Right, right. Um, which will also do which that to you. didn't even help that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. So going forward, we've got to take Shido down uh, before yep. he's elected, hopefully. Yep. Um, or at least by election day. Yep. Um, I do like how Shido's election day makes sense as a deadline. Yeah. And also, all Japan now hates you and thinks Shido is the greatest thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. We forgot to mention what happens to the Phantom thieves meter. Mm-hmm. Um, right after Mr. Haru Burger Man dies, um, like, everyone's all like, oh, my God, the Phantom Thieves are murderers. We hate them. Uh, and during the month, uh, Mishima changes uh, the poll to, are the Phantom Thieves innocent? Uh, and then by the end of this whole bit, all of the comments are, like, deleted by admin. Kill them. Kill them all. Right. Right. <laughs> And like the ones that aren't deleted are like kill them, murder their families. <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, you're hanging out at about five percent here. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I think that's it. Cool. Well I think yeah. Thank you for uh uh laying that all out, Alex. No problem. It was I'm not gonna say it was a pleasure, but it was the thing to keep me busy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that probably, that probably wraps it up for this one. We're we're getting near the end there, here. Yep. Not as not as close to to the end as at least I thought in, in my playthrough of this game. But definitely not me either. Yeah. Um, I think as I mentioned last time, I was at about this point. Um, yeah, I was I was a little uh, before this point. I was a little before this point in the game, like right before Size Dungeon, when um, uh, it was decided that I'd be coming on the show. So I was like, "All right, I'm going to finish the game in the next, you know, five days or so." Mm. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, you know, I'm already in November. The game ends in December, like any Persona." And it's like, "No, yeah. you stop getting days to do stuff." Yep. But there's yeah. there's, and there's a lot. And looking at a walkthrough is not even going to help What's because that? Persona walkthrough. Looking at a walkthrough is not even going to help because Persona walkthroughs are generally broken up by date. Right. And it looks like there isn't anything after like December twenty fourth. Yeah, a lot. There's but there still is. a lot going on. And I like most of that stuff, so that's that's fine. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. I think I think we made it through the roughest part at this point. Yeah. Hopefully from here on out, uh, we will be more positive. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a good game. It is. I swear. It is. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that's pretty much it for this time. Um, yeah. Just a quick little bit of admin. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you like the show, uh, let people know, rate and review it on iTunes. And... We're on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Anything you'd like to add, Alex? Nope, I think that's it. Um, yeah. Go Persona. Go Persona. <laughs> awesome. Alrighty. Well, we will reconvene here in a week or two and uh, continue to make our way through the last, the last quote-unquote month of Persona.